Welcome back to another fine, fine episode of the uh, the best podcast in the world, as voted for by the readers of Podcast Magazine. Um, it's uh, you know, it's it's got a small readership, but the readership is very dedicated. I think it's fair to say. Um, anyway, this is Junior Funners. That's the name of the podcast you're listening to currently, and it's uh, it's about football and that. And it's hosted by uh, your your two best friends in the whole world, uh, the the Fun Boys. It's me, I'm Ollie. Hello, and it's Lawrence. Aya, aya, listeners, you're right. You're right, me love. Okay, well that's that's offensive. That's that's you're appropriating uh, camp culture there. That's that's uh, problematic. I was trying to do sort of elderly northern lady. It came out more camp than mine. Comes across as uh, comes across as like a, a straight comedian doing an impression of a hairdresser in the nineties. Hmm. Um, so uh, do do better, do better, Lawrence. Uh, educate yourself. All right. <sighs> Got good. a good start. Much like Arsenal, and that's the kind of <laughs> that's the kind of learning moment we love. Right away, it's just been tripping yep. and falling and trying to get back up. I kept falling over again, and yeah, what can we talk about? A constant self already a, been talked about a months long self own. Um, well, let's yeah, let's get into it in, in the uh, the opening segment of the show where we talk about Arsenal because this is an Arsenal podcast nominally. Um, so the, yeah, Arsenal news, let's fucking get it over with. So uh, most of the news is uh, that it's bad. Um, yeah. No, no real change there. We a club in crisis. A club in crisis. Crisis uh, meetings we, between players. We talked about on last week's episode the possibility that you know maybe the cup match against West Brom marked a turning point, possibly. And that you yeah. never know, we might nick a one nil win against City, given that we <laughs> you know, we nicked a couple of big wins last season against clubs in the big six. Um, you know, we had more players sort of coming back from injury and coming back from illness and stuff. The the the, the team was starting to kind of take shape a bit more. Um so I wouldn't say we were optimistic, but we were we were open <laughs> we were open to the idea of being optimistic. I think is yeah, that's probably we, the fairest way of putting it. We we gaslit ourselves into thinking we had a chance. Us deluded yes. Arsenal fans. We did it to ourselves again. Into thinking, not necessarily thinking that we and th- this is the this is the real kind of um this is the real disappointing part of the whole thing is that it's not necessarily that we um, deluded ourselves into thinking we could win the match. It was more just that we deluded ourselves into thinking that that the match would be kind of more of a contest, you know, that it would be at least close. (laughs) We would, we would give Man City a game. Uh, And as it turns out. It started off all right. You know, we had a brief kind of, Five mm. minutes at the beginning, we looked like we could try to go toe to toe with them, but um, 
yeah, I, I think unfortunately when you have a back three of um, Klasnach and Chambers and Holding, yeah. just it ain't going to work for you against Man City. Um, sorry. Sorry, bruv. Ain't no, gonna, I mean, ain't work. Yeah, putting Kalazanac in, in a back three when he hasn't played in the team for what feels like well over a year. I mean, I know he played in the West Brom match, but that was his first match for ages. Um, it, yeah, and then, I mean, we did talk about the fact that maybe you should have employed that system. That system may have been more successful in the week before's match against Chelsea. We might have actually yeah. done better <laughs> had we employed that system in that game. Um, but no, he tried it against uh, he tried it against City. Like you said, it looked as though for a very brief moment we could go toe to toe with them. In that Arteta's entire thing is he's basically trying to copy what Pep did with Man City, except he's doing it with much worse players um, or play like uh, players that don't have the I ability would, to play on the level. I would argue maybe we do have good players. It's just that he's in charge and he has no idea what he's doing. He keeps. Yeah chopping and changing what he's doing and second-guessing everything and nobody knows what's going on and they all just look around each yeah. other like, what we, what we going to do? Because we've got this guy running the place. He does no idea. Yeah, yeah. that was the kind of central uh, problem uh, with them. And it, that's what the sort of pundits were talking about afterwards. It's nobody seems to... They're, they're either... Uh, they either don't know what they're supposed to be doing or they don't believe in what they're supposed to be doing. Um, and as you say, a lot of those players really are too good to not know what it is they're supposed to be doing. I think they know, but they just think that it's stupid. Um, yeah. And they don't trust yes. in the system that Arteta is yeah. is sort of implementing them to do. Um, and it, yeah, as, as I was saying, it, it, yeah, it's, it's maybe, it, it's just that to implement a system like that in the team that Man City have with the players that they, they've got, you know, they've got like, basically 22 world-class players that they can sort of switch in and out every week. Their fitness levels are absolutely yeah. astonishing. You know, everybody's clear on what they're supposed to do. Um, yeah, we're, we're nowhere near that. Um, it'd be nice to get to that level, but we're, yeah. we're just way, way off. Um, so the match started, yeah, it, it sort of with a, maybe a little kernel of promise. And we very quickly went down, uh, went two goals down um, due to some, um, just, just real bad, just soft just bad. defending. Yeah, yeah. Everybody Maybe. seems to like they like positionally. They sort of get in the right area, but they just don't. Nobody challenges yeah. for the ball. There's no sort of they, like imposing kind of physical presence there from anybody. Yeah, they don't get tight as I keep hearing. Like mm. you know. Alan Shearer, Jamie Carragher, always saying, you got to get tight. You're not getting tight to the man or whatever. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's <laughs> one of the least helpful criticisms ever because it doesn't really mean anything. But yeah, we, we, we're not, in terms of like just actual like man marking, we're not yeah. getting anywhere near close enough to the players and also just not winning anything in the air. I, like no. anything that came in from like a cross. Um, in that match looked like it was it was going to find a, a Man City player and probably get into the back of the net and most of them did um yeah we we didn't win we didn't win fuck all in the air and we weren't um yeah we weren't causing anywhere near enough problems to their attacking players and that was at 2-0 um and then um our boy um water is wet 
Time is a flat circle. Yes. It Yep. Time is <laughs> Time is a flat fucking circle. Granite Xhaka. Uh at one time our captain. Um yeah, he uh, he got his uh, he got his 11th career red card. Um, yeah. Great. Which <laughs> Yeah. I feel um, really and he was I feel really I feel really good when I sat here and I said, you know, maybe I said uh Xhaka, you know, he's had a redemption. I I said I said on here, oh, he's he's buckled down, got his head mm. down, he's he's worked himself back into the squad again. We all like it. Nope. I feel really stupid now. I wish I hadn't said that. It. We all thought that. It. It, it looked like that was what had happened. I mean, it. It, it looked as though, um, yeah. Under under Arteta, when Arteta first came in, he sort of did a complete one eighty and suddenly looked like the player that Wenger had bought all those years ago. And then he yeah. got himself sent off against Burnley for just nothing. Um. And he just, yeah, he just continued to make the kind of high-profile fuck-ups that have dogged his whole career at Arsenal. Um, and this, yeah, this was no different. He just went flying in, two-footed, very stupid tackle, um, type of tackle you haven't been able to make since, like, the 80s. Um, and he was protesting that he that he got the ball, but it's, like, but it, there were rules about, like, d- you know, reckless intent and... Uh, opponent yeah. endangerment and stuff you can't you cannot go into tackles like that anymore um no. so yeah just fucking stupid on his part and that was that was about half an hour into the match um so we had to play the remaining hour with 10 men having already been uh two goals down at that point and yeah it just got worse and worse from there and um still keeping like Odegaard on and maybe who else was like why are we playing like literally one defensive mid surely because it wasn't it like it was Jacker and Odegaard was it and then you had um I think a nanny came Sack. on but was that yeah why wasn't El Nenny starting I mean if you just just I I'm 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 perplexed at Arteta yeah. why why drop Pablo Mari why have Klesnac as a as a centre back when he's probably better as a wing back or have Tierney as a centre. Yeah, I don't. know. Is he trying to like? Um, I'm gonna <laughs> outsmart Pep this time. Oh, I'm gonna play Leno up front. Oh, I'm gonna play Aubameyang. Yeah, he's got. As a, <laughs> I'm gonna play Aubameyang. Go. Yeah. Aubameyang's the right back. Um, yeah, it, <laughs> he's got like Louis Van Gaal disease, where he's just playing players uh, out of position. For yeah. for who knows what reason, he was playing FIFA probably, and he and he's he decided, you know what, oh Leno, he's 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 got he's got good height. Yeah, I'll put him up front. <laughs> I yeah, just, yeah, like when uh, Stuart Pierce when Stuart Pierce put on David James as a centre forward. <laughs> yeah, for Man City. Um, yeah, it, it yeah I. I yeah, it was it was it's perplexing. Um, like you said, to, to start Kalasinac at the back for the second game in a row, when by all accounts he is on the verge of leaving the club. We'll get into that later. As you know, who who's been leaving the club and who's been coming into the club? Because as we record this, we are a scant three and a half hours away from the transfer uh, deadline day, um, and 
it's been interesting. The last few sort of uh, <laughs> last few episodes we've done, kind of around transfer deadline days, have always sort of been like, we, you know, we're kind of like, ah, well, seems like we're pretty much done and dusted. And then something gets in right at the very, you know, there, there's always something like. I remember when we uh, we were recording on a deadline day a couple of seasons ago, and then like it sort of came through like midway through the episode that like there were reports that maybe David Louise wanted to sign for Arsenal, and I, I remember scoffing. Yeah. I remember saying like I don't think that's true. I don't think he'd want to come to Arsenal. And then lo and behold, we uh, yeah we we get a, ourselves a deadline day doozy in uh, in agent agent Louise and. Uh, yeah, and then I think um, uh, Thomas Partey was another one that we we managed to get just over the line on a uh, uh, deadline day as well. So watch this space. Yeah. <laughs> well, listen, listen to this space. Although, I mean, you're listening to it; it's already happened. It's in the past. By the time you hear it, but you know what I mean. I feel so bad for Partey. I'm so sorry you had to come here. I am so so sorry. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah, for his sake, I hope we get a better manager soon. Yeah. Um, where do we begin? Do we begin transfer talk now, or should I carry on ranting about? Um, well, if we state, just wrap up the, the city, wrap up on the the city uh, match. I mean, yeah. So the final score was was five nil. Um, could have been seven or eight, to be honest. Uh, Leno had to make a, a couple of good saves. Um, Man City did get a little bit lucky. I think was it at two nil when um, Edison played like a dodgy back oh, pass yeah, yeah. and he sort of kicked it against um who did he kick against? Was it, Saka? The, it was um, Smith Rowe and and uh that was it, yeah. bounced off bounced off his leg and nearly went in but as usual us yeah. the gods aren't on our side at the moment and um it yeah went, when it's not uh, going your way it's not going your way and uh it hasn't been going our way for quite some time yeah it's just doing us not even gradual it's 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 free fall now it's literal just yeah where where where's the bottom to this pit um, can we just just i just want to land in a big just blob on the ground just end it i'm just constant we're yeah. in constant free fall i can't take it anymore it's it, it yeah it is it's it's it, <laughs> we do keep finding new uh levels to this rock bottom that we seem to be in um, our worst start to the season since the mid fifties. Um, you know, three three consecutive losses without a single goal. Um, I mean, that really smarts the fact that we're not even we're not even scoring, we're not even threatening the teams that we're losing. I know that two of those games have been against Chelsea and Man City, but like I said, you know, if if we could at least make it competitive, it wouldn't yeah. be so bad. You know, I'd feel a bit more confident because we're. we're we're into the international break now. You know, our next match isn't until uh, the, is it, is it 9-11 um, uh, yeah. against, the, against Norwich? You know, I'd feel and at then, least kind of confident going into that if we'd, if we'd kind of shown up in any way um, in these three matches. But there's just nothing. There's nothing I mean, the, the stats kind of tell the whole story in terms of the, the Man City match. You know, Man City had 80% possession uh, over, the, over the game. To our to our twenty, uh, we had a single shot uh, that was not on target. To Man City's twenty five shots, uh, ten of which were on target. Uh, yeah, no corners. Um, average player rating. I mean, looking through the uh, BBC Sports uh, website player ratings, we got looks as though the highest rating was uh, was our beautiful son uh, Bukayo Saka. He got 
a 3.60. Um, mm. Just to put that in context, uh, the highest rating of the match was Jack Grealish, uh, who, who got a 7.65. Um, yeah, Xhaka got a 2.20, Chambers got a 2.33, Kalasinac 2.35. Um, yeah, it's everybody's shit. It's, uh, it looks, it's, it's bad. It looks bad. Yeah. And it is bad. I, I want to call out some of these morons who are trying to um, pull the wool over the eyes and trying to say, it's not the manager, it's the players. They're just not good enough. It's not the manager, mm. it's the players. You, you, you're a liar. You're, I mean, you're a liar. And I, yeah, that's and I, fucking you, stupid. I mean, yeah. <laughs> look at I'm like sure, what I'm these sure. players have accomplished in their careers yeah. up to this point. Like that's fucking stupid. So, like a, a decent manager would be able to get a a a more than competent starting eleven together out of the squad that we have currently. Yeah, like you said, Arteta's insistence on chopping and changing because he wants to copy Pep. Um. Like, just doesn't help Pep, anybody. When Pep, people I people criticize about Pep's rotation, but he keeps the same system. He keeps the same formation mm. and system. It's just that he'll change Zinchenko yes. for Cancelo, or he'll put yeah. Bernardo Silva somewhere and maybe put I don't know Phil Foden yeah. in. Or, Sterling for Foden. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the same system, but he just chops and changes maybe a player every day. It's not like a full-on overhaul that Arteta does, where it's just today I'm going to play three-five-two. I'm going to stick Lacazette in midfield. I'm going to stick Tierney in goal. Uh, Bamyang, uh, you're you're at left yeah. back. Um, yeah, Arteta, you won't, you, won't, you won't see this coming. You won't see it coming. Yeah, yeah, that's that's his that's his gamble. They'll never expect this, and. Uh, <laughs> It turns out they, they don't have to expect it because it's bad. Um, like just because, <laughs> just because something's a surprise doesn't automatically make it yeah. good. Um, and I was, but yeah, a a, a, a good a, a competent manager could get together like a, a an established starting eleven out of this squad uh, where we'd at least be organised and we'd be competing in these matches. Um, like you said, Arteta, it it just nothing about what he's doing is clear. Like it's, it's, it's somehow worse than it was under Emery because Emery yeah. would sort of tinker with the, with his system constantly. And at the start, it looked as though, you know, that was, he was doing it in response to how things were going in the match. You know, he would, he would make a substitute, he'd make like a double sub at halftime if things weren't going the way they should. And, you know, that, that worked to begin with, you know, it would turn games around. We'd, we'd go behind um, and then we'd end up either coming back to draw or end up winning the match. But then he kind of just went too far the other way and seemed to just second guess himself during every match, between every match. Um, and there was just, yeah, just so much kind of constant fucking around. Nobody seemed clear on what their roles were within the system. And Arteta's just sort of picked that kind of... <laughs> Yeah, Pick that whole vibe up and just yeah. run with it. He's but he's just gone so much further with it, and it's so much worse. It's like, is it anybody? Like, <laughs> it was, I was just, I want to just bring up another thing. I was listening to a, I like, I've been listening to other Arsenal, various Arsenal podcasts, and there was one guy. He runs. Um, I, I don't think there are any actually. I, yeah, I don't oh, think it was, uh, they exist. <laughs> well, there was this one guy. 
and um, he runs a big um, gunner blog. Where I think his name, I can't remember his name now. Anyway, but he was he was trying to basically say trust the process without saying trust the. Pro-. I think it was on Ask Blog, like he was on there, and he was he was basically saying trust the process without saying trust. Bitch, are you for real? Are you not seeing what's happening? I mean, yeah. <laughs> we can't go on like this. We can't go on. We yeah, I mean, it's, do it. you know who else said trust the process? Fucking Ozil. Like, like he's oh. laughing at us right now. Yeah. Ozil. He, what, yeah. That, it's just, uh, to put, make things worse. And um, apparently he's mm. going to have like a full-on expose Netflix special about his last few Days at Arsenal, whatever, and what went down. Is that great? Add more. Oh, who gives a fuck? <laughs> add more. Add more fuel to this flame, please. Yeah, let's 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 go crazy. Add, yeah, get some, get some some more press. Probably get some a few few more quid than anyway. it. It, it. Yeah. God, it's. I mean, well, that sort of leads in nicely to the um, the the sort of transfer doings, the the comings and the goings. Um, so there's been more more goings than comings uh, currently, um, as we as we record this. Um, like I said, it's about three and a half hours left to go to the 11 p.m. deadline. Um, but we we've sort of had a the basically the exact opposite of what happened with Özil um, in uh, Willian's decision to terminate his contract. He he very uh, selflessly. Agreed to terminate his contract and sort of end up. I mean, that it's just sort of turned down a huge payday that ends up saving the club something like twenty million quid on his wages over the next few years, um, mm. which is yeah. nuts. Yeah, it's nice. Makes change. Uh, it's, you know, it's at least. I mean, you didn't. You don't deserve twenty million after you know basically no showing for a whole. No. <laughs> And um, and yeah, for him to uh, yeah for him to admit he he even he apologized. He said sorry, and he said it's not you know he admitted that the move hadn't worked out in the way that he wanted it to, or that the club wanted it to. Um, so yeah, he's just sort of willing to put the whole thing behind him, and he's going to go yeah he's going to yeah. go play for for Corinthians. Um, you know he's not doing any of the Urzel stuff where he's just sort of like no, I'm going to stay in no. I'm going to stay and fight for my place. I'm going to prove that I'm it's, you know pretending that like you know. That that's ever going to happen, um, yeah. It, yeah. Rather than just piss off the fans and everybody even more, it's just because because I guarantee, like, if he had stayed on, there would be people that were doing the same thing that they did with Özil, where it was like, no, but that first match against Fulham, he got three assists. <laughs> I mean, if he if we can just get him to replicate that form again, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh. Anyway, yeah, it's nice enough that one player has a bit more respect, I guess, and isn't just. Yeah. Trying to like uh, run on like some kind of uh, Stan cultureish fan base of his. It's just it, well, luckily William doesn't probably doesn't really have that. But Urzil, it's, it's so weird how Urzil has this mm. weird fan base around him. It's like why, why, why Urzil? Probably yeah. stems from it. Probably stems from his Madrid days, doesn't it? Because I mean, their their fans are weird yeah. like that. <laughs> well, they didn't. He didn't last long at Madrid. What? Only um, what? Maybe three years or so, and he was there. No, I mean, I know, I know, he wasn't there for a long. But what I mean is, like, the people, oh, yeah. the people at Madrid that loved him when he was there would have just followed him 
you know, wherever. And it's sort of, the, you know, there's, it probably had the same effect on people when he first came to Arsenal. There's people that were just like, yes, club record signing, you know, Wenger, Wenger's finally opened the purse strings. This is going to be, and it just, that kind of, uh, I don't know. Yeah. The, the, the shine never went off the apple for those people, you know, for so for whatever reason, despite the overwhelming evidence to the contrary, <laughs> you know, all the, all the statistics in the world. There's still like these Arsenal Twitter fan accounts that still have Urzo as their profile picture. I'm just like, just come on, man. You, you gotta, you gotta move on. Just stop it. Stop. Well, I- yeah, but in their mind, in their mind, it's probably it's the same as having like a like a Bergkamp picture or an Henri picture, you know. Like in their mind, he's like yeah. a he's a forever legend now. Even though he's left the club, he's always he's always a gooner, you know. He's he's always there in their hearts. Yeah. Sick. It's, big. it's pathetic. It's it's, it's, it's really sick. sad. It's like it, it, I mean, it is, yeah. and Bergkamp, you know, far, levels levels, bruv, as they keep saying. And repetitively, mm. dub dub ratio levels. Well, yeah, I mean, this game. Oh, shut up! They're legitimately uh, Premier League Hall of Famers, aren't they? They're, you know, they're they're inducted into the Premiership Hall of Fame. Um, I'm sure Ozil will be one day. I'm sure he will be. <laughs> yeah, when they run out of, yeah, when they, <laughs> yeah, when they sort of really start running out of people. Yeah, they've got to have like a couple of Arsenal players, you know, from recent times, not. 20 years ago uh, mm, yeah. <laughs> it's just not uh, yeah yeah we should probably get on once. with uh, <laughs> yeah we should probably get on with um, transfer news maybe <laughs> I think it's best just yeah so, so yeah so Willian um, yeah Willian's he, he, like I said reached an agreement to, uh, to to leave the club by mutual consent um, and as we said, refreshingly apologised for it. Um, we've also uh, let's have a look here. So well, yeah, we've also sent out uh, Reese Nelson on loan to Feyenoord, and yes. Hector Bellerin. Something that we've been talking about since the start of the window. Um, it's taken until deadline day, but he's out on loan. He's going out on loan to Real Betis, which I have to admit wasn't one of the clubs that kind of. Uh, had been mentioned previously, but whatever. Mm. Well, that's the whole. Um, because Emerson Royal, who was at Betis, went to Barcelona, mm. but now he's gone to Tottenham in a very strange. I don't know whether that's just because Barcelona's situation. It makes most. It's very strange what happens. You buy a player, but then you immediately sell that player. He hasn't even played well, the club, and now he- I assume <laughs> Bellerin is now going to Betis. To fill in as the right back, yeah. So it's a yeah, it's a I, well. We all know the financial situation that uh, Barcelona are in. To which I might add, ha 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 ha
so we've ended up with, uh, with yeah, with uh, Tomoyasu. So, um, yeah, it, yeah, weird how that sort of ended up working itself out. But uh, let's the one who isn't leaving. Uh, it's now been confirmed is uh, Ainsley Maitland Niles, which yeah. I'm glad about, but only if he actually gets to play. Yeah, that was another another uh, self earned there over the past couple of days. Uh, posting on Instagram, hey, I just basically want to go somewhere where I'm appreciated. <laughs> let me live. Why would you let me yeah, live? Well, I don't. It was just like yeah, like I don't. <laughs> Don't blame him. Like he, he yeah. Arteta was Arteta was using him quite a lot when he first came to the club. And you know, he played he played in the cup final, didn't he? And he was he was man of the match in the in the community shield when we beat Liverpool. Um it looked like he was quite a key part of the team that Arteta was building. And then I don't know, yeah, Arteta just seems to run hot and cold on players because he was I mean, similarly with Ozil, like Arteta was starting him in matches until, you know, it became apparent that that wasn't a good idea. And then he just throws him out completely. Um, you know, same with Terrera and Kalasinac and like a few other players. But oh. yeah, like Maitland Niles looked like he was sort of set to be like a kind of established member of the squad. And then he goes out on loan to West Brom and has kind of a, you know, I guess did the best he could, but he was playing playing for West Brom under Big Sam. Yeah. You know, this, this is a, that's <laughs> that's tough yeah. for, for any young player. Um but yeah, at the start of this season, he's he's barely featured. He's you know had two. He's come on as a sub twice, I think. Mm. But yeah, I, I, fucking use him. You know, like he he was he was playing so well under Arteta when in you know when he first uh, when he first started as, as manager at the club that he you know he got capped for England at the same time as uh, Saka. Yeah. Uh, wait, sorry, you mentioned Torreira just then, and I suddenly had a realization. Oh my god! Imagine we could have had him in. Midfield, that would have been so much better because <laughs> he, mm. he would love a good scrap. He would love to get it stuck yeah. in. Te- anyway, another one that hasn't worked out for some yeah. reason. And, um, yeah, yeah, he wouldn't. Have, he Niles, wouldn't have left. If he wouldn't have left those Man City like, players um, alone, would he? He's, yeah, he's like a little no. pit bull. It feels to me like there's kind of a, a sort of subtle exodus of all the sort of younger players like Willock. And Maitland Niles, Bellerin. Yeah, it feels like they're all sort of seeing the writing on the wall, and they're all getting out, trying to get out. <laughs> it's like they don't, they don't, they don't want to be at this club with this man in charge, this crazy man we've got running the club. As it, well, you know, yeah, doing all the. It's 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 not. It's, it doesn't fill me with. Um, op- I, I had optimism like a month ago. I was like, yeah, maybe we've got Willock. Who have we got? Uh, make them last coming back for on loan. Maybe, maybe things might have, and uh, it's all, yeah. I keep, I keep yeah. Doing this how quickly? Me. How quickly? All of that optimism can just go uh, flushing down the toilet like so much diarrhea. It's yeah. uh, it's After amazing. A, a really undercooked curry at a dodgy restaurant. Yeah, yeah. After like a Weatherspoons curry. Um, it, uh, <laughs> it's just been yeah, microwaved just, for thirty just, seconds. <laughs> just squirts, squirts down the toilet. Just, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, we we letting those players go out on loan, except, like I said, except for Ainsley Maitland-Niles, who, since we're not letting him go, I do hope we actually make use of him because we know that he's good and he's versatile and. 
we we just need good players at the moment. Um, we've got players that are good, but I, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's we just we got to get someone else to manage the fucking team. I, it's it's it would be it would be outrageous to you know to sack a manager three games into a season. So unfortunately, we do have to stick with him for a bit longer. But yeah, I mean. With the sack race, you know, this autumn and winter time, you got to imagine that he's he's well ahead of the the pack at the moment. Like we're going to be maybe six six or seven games in, probably only going to have like three or four points, and um, yeah, I I a part of me that no one would like saying as an Arsenal fan, but I want maybe I want Tottenham to just. Just, just get it over with. Just give us a good old balling, just oh, so we can get rid Jesus. of this man. <laughs> Could you imagine? <sighs> yeah, that's um, <laughs> hot take from me. I mean, yeah. So after after the international break, um, we've got let's have a look. Yeah, so we've got but Norwich at Norwich, home, Burnley, and then and we're away. Norwich, um, Burnley, and Spurs. Well, yeah, yeah, we're. And Wimbledon, uh, the the Carabao Cup. Um, if uh, you know, I mean, that could be a nice little. I mean, that that match against Wimbledon could be another nice little freebie, a nice little confidence boost uh, ahead of the uh, the Spurs match. Who knows? But yeah, I mean, going to going away to Burnley, we haven't done very well at in the last few seasons. Um, so I'm not I'm not feeling particularly confident about that. Um, Norwich, I mean, we have a, I suppose we, we do have a bit of a history of beating Norwich kind of by by quite a lot of goals, but the fact that we've not scored any so far this season and don't look like scoring, I'm just, yeah, I'm wondering where the goals there are going to come from. Norwich are obviously going to be well up for it. They've got a lot of kind of bright, good players um, yeah. that, that all seem to know what they're doing as opposed to the sort of flat-footed statues that we've got playing in our, <laughs> in our midfield and defence currently. Um, yeah, man. And then, like you said, right before, just before the, so before the, the second international break. Oh, no, no. Sorry. Yeah, we got, we, we got Spurs and then uh, Brighton and then it's the, the next international break. Um, so, yeah, yeah. Spurs, that, that is, that's looming. That's a big one. If we don't get a result in that, then like you said, it, it's, Obviously, everybody, every Arsenal fan wants to win North London derby, but if it means that we're finally, you know, we can finally cut this turd loose, uh, <laughs> then maybe, <laughs> maybe it's worth it. This is probably, unfortunately, going to be another write-off season where we'll just have to scrape for mid-table again. Where it's like, I don't know who, but that's a problem. As much as you want, like a Conte or yeah, you know, something like that, they'll probably end up like with Per Mertesacker. And it'll be the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it would be... I, I really don't want us to go down the United route of just hiring, like, you know, ex-players uh, from, like, the it's- last sort of 15, 20 years because, I mean, Freddie Lundberg didn't do a particularly good job as caretaker manager as much as I love him. No. And obviously, no. you know, Mikel Arteta. I mean, the the whole appointment of Arteta was just weird to begin with because it's not like... It's not like he's a beloved club legend. He, he wasn't at the club for no. all that long. He was injured for most of his time here. I know he was captain, but 
I thought it was a bit odd when Wenger that Wenger signed him at the time that he did because he I mean he was a great player but he sort of signed him just after his peak I felt like it it seemed like he should have signed if he was going to sign a player like Arteta it should have been sort of two or three seasons before he actually did um yeah yeah it's it's not like he's not exactly I mean he's he's not he's not a Tony Adams or a Dennis Bergkamp or a you know a Sol Campbell yeah, I'd, apparently Arteta wanted some, and when he was man, assistant manager at Man City, he wanted some kind of gentleman's agreement that he would take over after Pep. Apparently, so, so rumors are out there. Apparently, I don't know whether how much of this is true. And it's I like, mean, we've, really, dude, we've all seen what uh, gentlemen's gentlemen's agreements count for in in football now. Uh, yeah. But yeah, that's that's a very funny idea. That he'd he'd get to be in charge of Man City. It's like you you have no like credentials as you need to go and bloody like show or prove yourself like I don't know with a, a League One team or a Championship team or somewhere in Spain or Italy. I just, yeah, France. Like, I, I, yeah, put of, the put the work in. You look at like people like you know like Frank Lampard and, uh, you know, he, he has at least, he, he'd had at least a season with Derby before yeah. he took the Chelsea job or like people like Graham Potter, who, you know, he went abroad and, you know, managed, managed in Europe before he came back to the premiership. And, well, Solskjaer as well. He was, he had a go with, with Cardiff and then he went to Mulder and. Yeah. Mulder. Yeah. So yeah. Went, it's like, it's like me saying, I should headline uh, Glastonbury. I should headline, you know, Glastonbury Festival. Yeah, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty. I could play guitar. Yeah, yeah. I think I should. I've watched. I, should I mean, you've watched it on telly. You know, you've yeah. You've, you've watched. You've watched loads of Glastonbury over the years. I've, you know. Yeah, I think I should. I should have headline act Glastonbury. It should be me because mm. I'm the best. Put him on the pyramid. <laughs> yeah, put me on. Yeah, you uh, do. Yeah, so yeah, on the you know on the Friday we got Beyonce, on the Saturday we got the Killers, and then Sunday rounding out the whole weekend, Lawrence. Yeah, it's me. First, first song. Just think about it. I mean, he's you know, he's watched both of those other two acts at Glastonbury already. Think how much, how much he's learned from watching those other two. Naturally, he'd be the best, the you know, better than both of them. Yeah, I mean, I think it in my mind. And they weren't. They, I'm going to do what they weren't expecting. They're going to come out playing guitar. I'm going to come out playing a trombone. I'm going to come hey, out. I've never why even play an instrument? Come out just. I'm come just out with like there. a. Come out with like a, like an office desk. Just come out like banging on an yeah. office desk. I'm breaking the ground. Just, I'm using like hitting your paper f- clips, <laughs> hitting your fists on an office desk. They'll never expect that. Yeah, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna. It's going to be conceptual. It's going to be breaking the breaking ground here. I'm going to show you what you. Never seen before. Yeah. They'll never see it coming. They'll never see it coming. And if they don't, yeah. if they don't like it right away, you've just got to keep telling them to be patient and to trust the process because the show will get really trust. good at some point. You'll, you'll get just gotta, they just need to trust you. Yeah, they just need to trust you that it's going to get really good somehow, even though you, are, you at no point are you going to give any indication with your performance that it's going to get good. You're just going to keep telling them that. I'm going to say I'm going to have like, I don't know, I've been promised, uh, you know, a backing band, uh, 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 but the, uh, I, I don't know, I don't, I've never, haven't had the time to rehearse, 
Um, you know, do- well, no, yeah, have like, a, yeah, you, the, the, you you have a backing band, but um, you're not actually going to have all of them play at the same time. You know, you, like you, yeah. like one song, you'll just have like the bassist, and then uh, he'll go off, and then maybe like the drummer comes out for one song and plays with you, and then uh, you know, then the keyboard player maybe comes out for a song, and it, yeah, but never never use the entire backing band together because uh, again, I've that's that's what they'll be expecting. I've never met them. We've been rehearsed. I'm just going to bring them out. We don't know what's going to happen. It's, it's, yeah. it's free form. It's 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 avant garde. It's jazz. It's 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 going to blow your mind. Yeah, I mean, because um, there's no reason why it wouldn't work individually. Each of the musicians is really good, um, so there's no yeah. reason why you know just throwing them out on stage with you with no preparation or no explanation of what you know what to expect or what to do uh, wouldn't work. I mean. This is, you know, this this metaphor is uh, is 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 going on yeah, we, for quite a while, isn't yeah, we, it? We, we let it we let it run on for a bit, yeah. Um, is there any what any any breaking it's torturously news? long? Yeah. Any any. Um, let's let's take a look. Let's go to the uh, let's go to the uh, the transfer center. Um, I should really. I could have Sky have Sports News on my tablet. I could have that. I could, well not. I, on the YouTube, I could I could follow along. I mean, I'd like to make a comment. Well, I'm just. I mean, I'm the, about all the uh, all the times that United fans on Twitter would talk about how Dan James is better than Pepe. And it's, oh, he's so great, and that's why they sold him to Leeds. Is that, is that, he's so- yeah, they somehow tricked Leeds into paying twenty five million quid for him. Um, Okay. Well, apparently, well, the, actually, the the most recent update here from the Sky Sports Transfer Center is apparently for, it's it's about um, Tomiyasu. Uh, so yeah, apparently Bologna don't want to let him go. Um, oh, let's have a look here. There's always something. Yeah, when this. Well, it's it's one of those things where, like, a, you know, a a uh, it's someone from Sky Italy that's talking about it because they have to fill all of the time up until 11 o'clock. So it's just sort of like, yeah, you know, they're saying he's a very good player. Bologna did not want to see him go. They had other offers in the summer. There was some interest from Tottenham. But when this offer was put on the table from Arsenal, Bologna couldn't quite refuse. Hey, they uh, they made them an offer that they couldn't quite refuse. Yeah, you <laughs> yeah. know, from, uh, it's from, from that, the film, from the, you know? The Goodfellas. Goodfellas, yeah. From the good the, from the Goodfather. Good, good father, the Goodfather, yeah. Um, I could go off yeah. the tangent. Um, uh, so about, yeah, and it's uh, it's apparently his uh, his dream to play in the Premiership. So he's signing a four year contract well, with well, a possible option for a fifth. Well, let's let's hope that he'll be all right because you know um, I haven't I, don't, I have no idea. I've absolutely no, I know I follow Serie A, but I don't know much about Bologna other than yeah. like the manager is Mihailovic. They make good sandwiches. Like, yeah. Uh, the manager is Sensei Mihailovic, who was like this. He was a really good uh, free kick taker, but kind of had a sort of. He was a bit, uh, bit of a bit of a character, quote unquote. A bit of a yeah, could be a uh, bit, sort of like a a real uh, Luis Enrique type. If you if you if you follow yeah. my meaning, yeah, you know, he's, he's a, a, quite a yeah. quite an interesting character. He uh, yeah, he he runs marathons. <laughs> He, he pretty he interesting. Wears like that a, makes him a pretty interesting guy. He wears like a what? Are those kind of hats that golfers wear. Those kind of 
tartan hats with little, oh, the little flat cap kind of thing. Sort of like a like a Peaky Blinders type hat. Yeah, he wear, he wears that at uh, to his when he's managing on the sidelines. Yeah, he, there's a picture. It's one of the first pictures. If you check on your phone, he's wearing like a sort of tartany sort of flat cap thing. Yeah, he's. Uh, well, I'm recording character. a podcast right now, Lawrence. I don't actually have time to go on my phone, can, but uh, it's good to know where your priorities I know, lie. I don't know if you can um, see. Uh, let me see. Let me see if you can. Okay. Well, uh, I mean, uh, listeners, I, 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 I can I can in. just about see you holding you up the picture to the camera, but the listeners definitely can't. Um, listeners, so. you're gonna have to you're gonna have to trust me on this. He wears a he wears a hat, and he's quite a character. And he looks like he, a real prick. <laughs> yeah, but that's all I know about Bologna. Uh, hopefully this, uh, this, yeah, he's got uh, like a, he's got, like I said, he's got like a tartan peaky, peaky blinders, uh, hat. And, uh, yeah, I, I, <laughs> I got a, a Facebook memory notification from a, a time of a couple of years ago when I was at a pub quiz and I couldn't remember the, uh, I couldn't remember the name of peaky blinders. All I could remember was the hats. So I was like, uh, the fucking, uh, Hat wankers. What are they called? Like, uh, so that was. <laughs> hat wankers. That's that's what uh, that's what I refer to them as now. I, I've never watched that show. I don't have much interest in. I've um, things on TV. I've fallen asleep watching the pilot to it twice. Um, just can't fucking get on board with it. I don't know why people love it, and uh, yeah, no, I just can't can't get into it. Anyway. Um, yeah, this Tomiyasu, I mean, I, I, I know nothing about him. Surely he can't be any worse than what we've got at the moment. No. Um, really? I mean, you know, if he's, if this, you know, this thing that they're saying is true, that he wants to, you know, he's, it's always been his dream to play in the premiership. At least he has some kind of drive and motivation, which is more than some mm-hmm. of the players in our squad seem to at the moment. Yeah. So I'd say, yeah, bringing him in and sending, um, sending uh, yeah. Bellerin out on loan. Seems like a, a smart move. Yeah, Arteta's gonna make you wish you hadn't said that in a year's time when you're sick of him. <laughs> he's he's played you. Yeah, in, probably. I mean, it's <laughs> he's played you in midfield, left wing, centre forward. He's played you everywhere, and yeah, you're just not, and you have one bad game. He drops you. You don't. He doesn't talk to you. He doesn't. You don't hear a word from him for another two months or so, and then. Yeah. Well, to be honest, having a bad game doesn't necessarily guarantee that Arteta will drop you. What seems to guarantee that he'll drop you is if you um, like disagree with him on anything. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like if he, I mean, if like Peaky Blind, Peaky Blinders uh, is is a good example. I mean, you know, if, if he's like really into it, and you say, "Oh, that show's stupid," and their hats suck, um, <laughs> then he probably then he'd probably send you out on loan to like Marseille for two seasons straight. <laughs> oh yeah. We've we've got William Saliba on loan. Oh my god! I I literally think he's never going to play for Arsenal. Yeah. I think so Marseille or somebody will just buy him and just yeah. It's he's never. It's, it's very disappointing that he's he's not even been given a chance. Like it it I I I thought that this season was the season because last season when they sent him out on loan they were like you know he's part of the club's long term plans and they're sending him out on loan so that next season he can. Uh, fight for a place in the starting lineup, and then they've just fucking sent him out on loan again without even giving him a go. And it's just like, uh, surely he can he because he's probably he's as tall, probably taller than Pablo Mari. Is he any worse? Yeah. We'll never know. No, 
think he's got the physicality. He could have handled someone like Lukaku a bit more. But no, I was, yeah, not criticizing Pablo Mari in that sense. I mean, he had to do it all on his own. To be fair, I mean, he didn't. Really yeah, much help. yeah, he got no help from from Xhaka or Lukonga, but. I mean, but at least with, like I was saying earlier in the Man City match, the amount of crosses and stuff that were coming in and we yeah. weren't winning anything in the air, at least he would have been able to head some of the stuff away. And, he yeah. was, you know, we weren't just putting, we weren't just relying on fucking Leno to, to deal with it. Yeah. When it comes to Leno, I wasn't expecting this joker. <laughs> um, that didn't really work. Never mind. Um <laughs> Oh man, have, have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Have you seen this? Have you heard about it? Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Let's go off on a tangent, just so we don't talk about like Arsenal. Like Letterman always oh, used to. Yeah. Is that is that your drums? Are those your drums? Every time a band would play, you're, are those your drums? <laughs> Jesus, that's that's a good one. That's a good. That's that's solid. Um, and uh, I remember. Um, look here. Finding uh, uh, REM sort of debut television debut, I think, was on Letterman, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, they did a good, good, good set, you know, because it's REM, obviously. No, no one could see mm. it was REM. Man, this is like when Michael Stipe said hair, and yeah, uh, yeah, but it's sort of like Letterman has his. I mean, because I'm not American, I've only seen Letterman on YouTube from like. Whenever I see a band play, but it's like he's always trying to banter with the keyboard guy, and it's like the most <laughs> awkward thing. It's like, yeah, his his whole thing with uh, what's his name, Paul uh, Paul Schaefer, yeah, just like, oh, I uh, heard that you uh, stepped in some dog do over the weekend, <laughs> yeah, Paul. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's right, Dave. Yeah. That's right. And then he just plays like a little riff on the piano. Uh, yeah. Um, what else greatest talk show host of all time, though. Greatest, the yeah. the the best to ever do it. Apparently, I like I like you said. We'll never know because we're British. But boy, the way that like the way that like uh, American people in like their fifties uh, talk about him, man, he yeah. was like fucking just the the Beatles of like sitting behind a desk and. Uh, you know, like sexually harassing his employees and stuff and like having like a, like, you know, like a secret room in his office that he'd like, uh, you know, <clears throat> trick women into coming into so he could, uh, you know, mm. interesting. you know, do whatever he wanted with them. Anyway, um, look it up. It's all true. <laughs> uh, yeah. What was I going to talk? Oh, we, uh, we've got to talk about the other big transfer story. That's not a deadline day thing, oh, yeah. but it, I mean, it's been made official today. Um, so, it, I mean, there's, you know, like all summer long, all through the Euros, there's a lot of back and forth about, you know, whether he's going to leave his current club or not. Is he going to stay? I mean, he's, you know, he's he's no spring chicken, but, you know, maybe he's, uh, maybe you know, maybe this is the time to, for him to return to the Premiership. I mean, who knows? Who knows? Um, but, uh, yeah, we can, uh, we can confirm it that uh, now, finally, that, uh, Andre Gray is going to go to uh, QPR, so oh, well, he's on loan until the end of the I season. Was, so. I was really disappointed in that. I was wondering where I'm to Andre yeah. Gray because didn't he used to he used to play for? Um, did he used to play for? He used to play for Burnley. I, I was kind of thinking he played for Bournemouth. No, he played for Burnley. Yeah, and I was yeah. I was wondering. I was like, what do um, I have to Andre Gray? Anyway. 
Uh, oh, and then the other the other kind of uh, I suppose Arsenal tangentially related news is that Jack Wilshire is uh, thinking of retiring at uh, the tender age of twenty nine because no one he's been a free agent since he left Bournemouth at the end of last season and um, yeah no one no one wants to sign him um, presumably I would imagine because his wages have got to be absolutely ridiculous for a for a yeah. player of his current stature, never mind, you know, what he's done in the past and where he might have played. Um, so yeah, he's thinking about jacking it in before he turns 30, which is, jacking which is sad, but jacking it. Hey, that could be the name of his, uh, his podcast that he does uh, after he, after he retires. Yeah. Hey, call, could be his Jack, baby, when- call us. We'd love to, we'd love to co-host it with you. Yeah. And join forces. Yeah, have us on. Yeah. Finally leave uh, this fucking shithole podcast behind. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's it's not that bad. <laughs> Don't put yourself down. I mean, no, to be honest, if we started a podcast with Jack Wilshire, we'd get an episode in before he had some kind of catastrophic, like, mic incident where he wouldn't be able to record for several months. Feel, you know, feel, like he'd, like, break his tooth on the mic. Yeah. Or he'd choke himself with the, the sure, headphone cord. I'm sure he'll get a job at Talk Sport or somewhere. He'll become like they. There seem to yeah. be a thing at talk sport now. They're all sort of hiring a lot of ex-players. I mean, Jamie O'Hara has a show. Like, they have Jamie O'Hara. Oh <coughs> God, Darren Darren Ben. I mean, apparently he's an Arsenal fan, and but he played for Tottenham. But, but uh, yeah. they have Darren Ben on. Um, but Jamie O'Hara, fucking what the fuck. Mm. Well, where? I don't think I could even. Sat- I couldn't pick Scoring him out of the lineup. I don't even remember. Yeah. I just kind of remember play for him. Leicester? He played for Wolves. I think he played for Tottenham for a bit. I might, but... Yeah, that I rings a bell, mostly actually. Remember, I mostly remember him playing for Wolves. Um, but yeah, it's... Uh, Talk sport. It's one of the, it's a crazy... They just, they get, they get most of their clicks from just like talking shit about Arsenal. It's like no one cares about anything else. Yeah. Just get someone on, some like, you know, ex player, also or shit or something, or also uh, also crap. And uh, that gets all the views yeah. on YouTube. It's it's, it's how it's how fo- it's how the world of football social media operates now. Arsenal have become the uh, the team that you you just gotta talk make fun of them, talk shit about them and you get the clicks, you get the not just that though, it, it's like you said, in order to ensure like the maximum level of clicks, everyone has to like uh kind of try to outdo each other in terms of how <laughs> in terms of how bad Arsenal are, you know? It's like the, yeah. this Arsenal team are, are worse than the Holocaust, you know, like some some yeah. moron's gonna say something stupid like that. There there was a there was a there was a bit of uh, fibbing going on from a, a certain Arsenal fan um uh, a, a, a group, and uh, they were apparently saying um, that the Arsenal fans were celebrating uh, Man City's goals. Well, apparently, they weren't. They were just singing songs like Arsenal fans would do, just trying to keep spirits up in general. It was just general. Uh, apparently, Arsenal fans just singing. Apparently, the song they were singing is "You're Nothing Special." We lose every week or something. <laughs> uh, that's that quite funny. But they were singing songs about like Kaya Saka and Emil Smith Rowe, the only uh, positive about our yeah, club so Yeah, once far, again. 
the but, two shining lights in this fucking sewer pipe were stuck in the yeah. the 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 light at the end of the tunnel that we're currently Shawshanking our way out of. Um, yeah, it, but, uh, it, I mean, I I did see on match of the day that they showed the like after Xhaka got sent off, they showed the Arsenal fans like leaving before it was half time, and I was like, yeah, uh, yeah, man, like it's especially if, if they if those guys had like traveled all the way from London, it's just like, yeah, that's a long worst way to go, and uh, it's not going to get any better than that, so. Fucking yeah, get get out of there. Yeah, and it was just uh, there was uh, people online uh, spreading f- spreading falsehoods, untruths, if you will, that um, <laughs> the Arsenal fans were celebrating Man City scoring goals. Is it, it was a trick, and uh, you know they said it. They I, said it on Match of the Day. They said they were celebrating goals in Match of the Day. I don't think the BBC would lie. Well, well oh yeah, well yeah, you got me there. Yeah, yeah. You got me there. I mean, to be honest, if they were, who fucking... I mean, clearly, if if they were cheering Man City's goals, it would have been, it's like clearly <laughs> ironic and sarcastic. Yeah. Like, it, like it, what, why read anything into it? Like, it's clearly, like, it's clearly a joke. Yeah, I suppose at this point, what, what you got to lose? Just, let's just all have fun. <laughs> don't know. I'm just trying to like, yeah. I thought you were, I thought you were uh, looking at the, any, Happenings that been going on transfer wise, but um, yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, uh, transfer wise, Bournemouth have signed Ryan Christie from Celtic. Um, so they they beat Burnley uh, to uh, to to sign him, which is uh, is I mean, it's, it's very strange. Burnley tend to, I mean, you know, when when Burnley want to sign somebody, boy, they sign him and they they sign a lot of people, you know. Like they're always they're in the transfer market like bam bam bam, you know. They 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 got got new owners, got people new up left American right and center. They they're spending cash. They got um was it Cornet or was it Cornet from Lyon? Uh so mm. Sean Dyche can't do is we haven't got any funds to spend on transfers. Uh, yeah. It's his worst nightmare. Got money. It's it's it, literally it's yeah. He can't he can't blame it on that anymore. Yeah. It's just yeah. He's gonna have to find something else that like it's it's. Well, the uh, the construction of the stadium means that uh, the sun shines much brighter in our eyes uh, when we're attacking the ball than it does in the opposition. So we actually can't see what we're doing, and um, and also we should have had a penalty. But other than that, um, like that. <laughs> It's every every post match interview. Every post match interview, he'll talk about like the you know whatever you know his tactics or how his team played, and then he'll just drop in that they should have had a penalty. Um, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter what happened. Uh, like they could have lost fucking six nil. He'll still just be like, and we frankly should have had a penalty. Quite frankly, I look like Scott Jegg that's been left in the sun for too long. <laughs> it's yeah, I've, I I. Look like a manager at a supermarket that's way too invested. <laughs> I look like an ex-copper who's decided to work uh, at a local Tesco. Yeah. Yeah, as a security guard. Just just so I can feel something. Just something. Anything. Yeah. Um, well, we. I, I suppose we... we let's take a quick break, because we, we do have to... There, I, <laughs> I suppose we do have to talk about the fucking Ronaldo thing. Uh, so let's uh, let's let's take a, a little break and then we'll we'll come back and sort of talk about that whole fucking saga. Uh, back in a minute. 
and we're back. <clears throat> so uh, yeah, unfortunately, we we got to talk about it at least passing the uh, the uh, the Cristiano Ronaldo uh, event. So <laughs> we were uh, we were promised that he was going to be going to Man City, uh, which was hilarious. Um, yeah, you know, just very very. Uh, a very very funny scenario sent all of Man United Twitter into complete meltdown mode. Um, I saw at least one video of a guy burning a Ronaldo shirt um, <laughs> at the news, uh, and uh, yeah, and then um, and then almost as quickly as that story kind of gathered steam, uh, it turns out yeah, uh, City uh, no longer wanted the deal, presumably because they realised. Uh, that it was going <laughs> to, the wages that he was going to command for what was surely going to be like a maybe a three-year contract at most um, and only sort of playing consistently for maybe one of those years was going to be absolutely ridiculous. Um, so enter Manchester United uh, to save the day <laughs> and uh, ensure that, that Cristiano Ronaldo returns to the, uh, returns to the, the premiership where he belongs. Um, yeah. Actually, well, no, I mean, he, I suppose comparatively, he probably spent, <laughs> he spent more of his career playing in Spain than he ever did here. But, you know, um, yeah, he's, uh, so, yeah, Cristiano Ronaldo is is back at Man United and um, and everybody's losing their shit over it. Well, me personally, because I'm built different, I do not uh, do not care really because you know <laughs> um, right, just, yeah we all um, I mean, those, yeah those of us that are built different really don't give a shit yeah I mean I think it was kind of inevitable that he would probably go back to Manchester United but um. Uh, we were just. What can I, it's just kind of it, it's kind of heartbreaking really that we were so close to a scenario where he was going to go to Man City and potentially score against Man United and you know celebrate in front of the, with you know celebrate with the City fans in front of Man United. Um, yeah, yeah the fact that we've been does. denied that is uh, is is kind of sad. Yeah, Christmas is ruined. There'll be no presents. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I mean. I think it's just, let's just say congratulations to Man United on uh, winning the league. I mean, they already won it uh, two weeks ago. But, um, yeah, congratulations to Man United. You know, everyone wants to play for Man United. Uh, yeah. Great, great, great club. Great, great history. Great, great manager. Great players. Great guys. Great fans. Mm. You know, they, they deserve it. Just great they culture. Really Fantastic it. fans. Best fans. Best fans in the world. Best I fans mean, clearly in the, the world. Obviously the smartest fans. Without a doubt, the smartest fans in the world. Um, some, some, there was some that of guy that just, tweeted. I'm like, damn, <laughs> damn. There was that guy that tweeted that, like the the picture of Ronaldo in the tunnel, saying that uh, September 11th is a date that's going to go down in history. Yeah. And then, <laughs> and then he, his follow up tweet was, "I didn't think this." Well, presumably he meant to type, "I didn't tweet this." I didn't think this through, but uh, he typed trough because he didn't know how to spell through. Um, so yeah, shout out oh, to United good. Wes for that banger. United Wes, yep, 
Um, it's it's uh, it's hilarious. I mean, they 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 never cease to amaze me. Their fans, they're just they always come out with the most amazing. Uh, statistic that you've never even a million years of your life or just before. yeah things things that sound like stats you know like the, the just sort of things with things with numbers in them that make them sound like stats you know it's um yeah it's, it's they, they've got they they have one of those for just every occasion um yeah to prove their point no matter what it is you know they, they will always they will always use facts and logic to uh to, to win the day yeah and um i always like that they 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 maintain dignity whenever um whenever things are going bad they don't immediately start pointing fingers at glazers out uh, edward wood out ollie out uh, we have we haven't got any investment yeah. in the club even though you know yeah you've been spending probably the most out of any club I know they'll say, well, Arsenal fans, you can't talk. It's like, yeah, I know, we've been spending... I, I, we can't use the argument anymore at Arsenal that the, the uh, Cronkies haven't... <laughs> we haven't been spending at Arsenal. It's like, we, we're, we're getting there now. Yeah. We're making up for it. But it is... But, the yeah, the, the idea that the Glazers haven't invested in the club, when, when you look at yeah. the like the top five most expensive transfers of, of the Premier League era, I, I believe four of them are now Man United. Um, yeah. So it, it is, yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I, I think, it, yeah. So the, the other one would be the other one I think is Van Dyke, uh, to, to Liverpool. Um, and then the rest of them are all like, yeah, it's like Pogba, Lukaku, Harry Maguire, uh, Sancho now. Um, it's, yeah. There, there are no excuses this season, you know, you've got, you've got it all. You've got it all. You've got your defender. You got you got your you got Ronaldo, you got Varane, you got Pogba. Pogba yep. hasn't left. You got Sancho. You it's like you've got you got everything you wanted for Christmas. And uh, if if yeah, you, you, no excuses this this season. You got you got to win something. You got to win something. It's gonna be yeah. bloody hilarious when you when you don't. Um, yeah, you know, so it, I know. it's <laughs> yeah or. I mean, it, it might even be funnier if they do win something, but it, it but they all they win is the Carabao Cup. Like they yeah. they they spend all that money uh, and all that hype around the squad, and it like all they can do with it is, um, you know, be the first non-Man City club to win the Carabao Cup for like five years. You know, it it, it yeah, they get fucking blasted out of the Champions League. Um, maybe they drop into the Europa League, but still fail to win that again. Um, yeah, go out of the FA Cup. Uh, yeah, just get left behind by left behind by Chelsea and City um, in the league. And yeah, they win the Carabao Cup, and then they've got to. Their fans have then got to act like the Carabao Cup is like the fucking. <laughs> they've got to act like the Carabao Cup is like the fucking World Cup and get really excited about it. Yeah, and uh, who have they got in the Champions League? I need to. I should um, really uh, again. No, no, no show prep again from me. But who, who have Man United got in the Champions uh, League? Yeah, Young boys, Villarreal and Atalanta. So uh, it, yeah, uh, it's going to be great to watch Villarreal beat them again. Yeah, I'm rooting for. Uh, therefore, I'd be rooting for Emery. Come on, yeah. 
Well, I did in the uh, European yeah. final. That was that was pretty great. So, he's. I mean, I mean yeah. Right. Like now that he's now that he's sort of you know he's he's left the club and it like you know he he's been gone a while and he's back in Spain. Um, clearly, the proof is there that you know when he if he if he's managing a Spanish club and can you know speak in Spanish, clearly he is a very good manager. I mean, you yeah. know, he's got he's <laughs> he's got a track record that now speaks for itself. Um, but yeah, just the, the, clearly the, the the communication breakdown, and I think the 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 style of the Premier League just didn't suit him at all. But like, no. yeah, it, it's yeah, it, it's great to sort of see him win the Europa League again, and then to see him, you know, now in the um, in the Champions League in a group with uh, with Man United uh, to sort of watch watch him try and frustrate them again. That's going to be very fun. I'm looking forward to uh, Atalanta because. Uh well, they've sort of built themselves as a very um, attacking team. Like to go full throttle, three four three, very attacking. Mm. So I, don't want, I can't wait to see that. But of course, that does leave them very open, and they might concede a whole. And they all live underwater, is, of course. Uh, the yeah. city of Atalanta. So that's that's another obstacle they've got to yeah. overcome. Is playing on playing on dry land for the first I mean, time. They have, uh, we'll yeah, see how they, they do. Have, they have to play, and you know. A wet, wet surface, you know, it's, 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 it's very tough. Very a wet, tough, wet, wet uh, surface. Very wet. Um, with the odd fish you know, in, in your way. Uh, yeah. Uh, can't wait. Yeah. Can't wait. It's going to be great. I'm, I'm really looking forward to Man United doing very, very well this season. I'm not, I'm not trying to sound a bitter Arsenal fan. I'm not, I'm not bitter at all. I, <laughs> I, 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 I'm a fan of football, you know. I'm a big fan of football uh, Yeah, you know, the real winner is, is football. Yeah. It's not about money. It's about legacy. It's about club legacy. Um, Bernardo coming yeah. back. It's, it's, it's Ooh, apparently, be uh, so apparently, Atletico Madrid are now in, in talks to uh, re-sign Antoine Griezmann. Um, yes, the uh, which surely reminds. Oh, and surely there's someone. Wolves are also uh, Wolves. Are, oh, so Wolves were in negotiations to sign Kiefer Moore. Wales is uh, Kiefer Moore. Um, from Cardiff, but uh, apparently that's that's no longer happening. Um, so yeah, um, but yeah, Griezmann. Uh, that reminds me that uh, it's something that we didn't mention before. But um, didn't you hate it like back in the Euros uh, when like uh, you like well, when like you know all the, all the matches were on and stuff, and you'd be like about to go to sleep at night, like you turn the light off and you just uh, put your head on the pillow and. It's late at night. It's dark outside. Everything's quiet. You know, you maybe hear some. Uh, you maybe hear like a dog in the street or something. But other than that, it's it's just it's very very quiet. And it's just as you're about to like nod off to sleep, uh, Clive Tilsley's fat fucking face just smashes through the wall and goes Mbappe. Oh yeah! Every time that was like, I had to turn the sound down after a while. It was um, they they sure love. Wank into Mbappe, don't they? I mean, not not anything against yeah. Mbappe. He's a very good. He's a very good player. Not having a go at him, but it's kind of this weird uh, obsession that yeah pundits around have have for him that they want to act like they did. They discovered him or something. It's like everyone, yeah, he's, everyone found out about him at the exact so same young. time. <laughs> yeah, it's because he's so young. Everybody is sort of like, yeah, they want to act like, oh yeah, no, he's. <laughs> He's always been good. I've I've always, you know, he's always oh, he's twenty two now. But I I liked him when he was eighteen. You know, like that's 
<laughs> like that means anything. But yeah, it's um, yeah, he, he Clive Tilsley would just uh, shout Mbappe's name like he was just busting the fattest nut uh, every time Mbappe got near the goal. Um, uh, yeah. in, in all of France's matches during the Euros. And it, it, it got to the point where it was pretty ridiculous because he used to do the same. The reason I mentioned that in conjunction with Griezmann is that he used to do it with Griezmann as well. Like I remember like back in like, you know, back in like the last World Cup I've, uh, uh, and um, yeah, the, the last Euros and the last World Cup. I just remember like, yeah, every time uh, Griezmann would get into like a shooting position, he'd do the same thing. Griezmann! Like it, it just, yeah. Almost like he's sneezing and having to say the name at the same time. Uh, yeah, and um, he always reminds me. It might. I'm, this shows how old I am, but he reminds me his voice when he's really shouting in a high pitched voice. He reminds me of this of this show that I used to watch when I was a kid called Charlie Chalk. I don't know if you ever watched Charlie Chalk. About, oh yeah, I remember Charlie Chalk. It was about a, it was about a clown that got stranded clown on, on a desert island with uh, he had a, a <laughs> duck wore a hat called Lewis T. Duck, and he had that kind of uh, yeah. voice. That very, and it reminds me, he reminds me, Joe. Griezmann! <laughs> he talks Yeah, like, it does. Mbappe! <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that before, but yeah, he does sound like Lewis T. Duck when he does that. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's, that, yeah, that's something I can't unnotice now. That's, because... Uh, I think are, are any of the, I, I assume the England matches that are coming up are on ITV, so he'll probably be commentating on them, won't he? So that's going to be fun to look uh, forward to. But yeah, every time, yeah, every time Harry Kane gets the ball, it's going to be Harry Kane. It's Harry yeah. Kane. Yeah, it's it's going to be great. Come on. <laughs> um, I hope the uh, hope all listeners have enjoyed having to turn their speakers down. And haha. Uh, <laughs> yeah, sorry about that. Anyway. Um, that's the type of risk yeah, you take tuning in the junior funners, baby. We're, we're wild yeah. cards. And what was, uh, I can't remember which commentary it was, but there was one commentator who used to like full on name the whole name of the player. Like, oh, I can't remember which one it was. I didn't know where it was. I think, I feel like John he, Motson used to do that a lot. Was it, is his name Peter Drury? Is that him I'm thinking of? I think oh yeah. Remember, yeah. Pete, yeah. He was a match of the day commentator. Yeah. He would literally name the entire name of the player. It was it was quite anyway. Yeah, yeah. I miss, I miss those days of like yeah, David David uh, Pleat getting the name of the player completely wrong. Uh, yeah, saying, or, like, yeah. Trying to sort of come up with like a metaphor that doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Um, but now we've got on um a BT Sport. I have to put up with um Darren Fletcher. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Um, yeah, I mean, he he really loves and it. When and his, his fucking his double act with uh, Robbie Savage, Fletch and Sav. You got to tune in early on Saturday mornings for Fletch and Sav. It's like, uh, no thanks. I'd rather fucking suck on an exhaust pipe. Whenever they always commentate on the, like Liverpool matches, so he's like, he realizes Mane, Salah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and he's he's another one of those guys that's like uh, he's sort of not afraid to get a little bit outspoken, you know. If uh, if a player is uh, maybe wearing gloves and it's not particularly cold out, uh, Fletch will uh, <laughs> he's not afraid to maybe He'll call, call him out, you know, on uh, being like a you know like a soft uh, soft foreigner that's not used to cold weather, you know. He'll go there. Yeah, 
Yeah, we don't we don't wear gloves. Not at all. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That was. <laughs> I think we barely. T- uh, barely so that was yeah. That was the Ronaldo news. Um, hope you enjoyed yeah, it. Ronaldo. Oh, yeah, Ronaldo. Oh yeah. It's just. It's, the whole the whole fucking story is so stupid that we couldn't stay focused on it for more than a couple of minutes. <laughs> so I, I yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to uh you know, Man United winning. Scraping through again, dodgy decisions, you know, but <laughs> it, it's like yeah. how it's only only against Man United can you get fouled. I mean it, it, but because he didn't like immediately go down and Ruben Neves and screaming. He sort of hopped a bit yeah. and then went down. Yeah, and the referee sort of let play go. And then once the board got out of there, then he sort of Didn't like, reveal oh, ref, I was, fa- I was fouled. And then he gets a yellow card. It's only against Man United. Can yeah. the person who got fouled get a yellow card for protesting that he's it, been fouled? Yeah, it's... it's, <laughs> it's it, I think, as, as we've said before, it's it's replaced Fergie time. You know, like the the, the sort of ridiculous amounts of added time at the end of the match now have just been replaced by these insane uh, decisions that either either VAR don't get involved with or they get too involved with and uh, kind of over, you know, overcorrect when uh, something's gone against Man United. It, it's, um, yeah, it's it's pretty comical. I mean, it's, that's, that's basically what got them into second place last season. You know, they kept winning matches even though they didn't play very well um, with just dodgy penalties. You know, it, it's yeah, yeah. It it has to stop. You'd think that it has to stop eventually. Like this sort of this sort of uh, streak that's kind of gone on for the last couple of seasons has to uh, eventually end. But uh, yeah, I mean, now that they've got Ronaldo, probably not anytime soon. Um, yeah, because I don't think any referee is going to want to go against uh, you know the uh, the Lord the Lord Christ the Cristiano Ronaldo himself. Cristiano Ronaldo. Um, yeah, alleged, well, thought- you know, and those, and and they're, they're they're just allegations, you know. It's it was never, he was never found guilty in court, but um, you know, the alleged, uh, you know. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, listeners, uh, just look it up for yourself. Look up Cristiano Ronaldo allegations, and uh, you'll see that he's uh, just a yeah, just a real yeah. swell guy. Um, yeah, icon, icon of the game. Great ambassador. Impossible to ignore. Impossible, Impossible to, ignore. to ignore. You know, if you if you want yeah. match of the day, or if if you want to watch the documentary, impossible to ignore. It's on the iPlayer. Uh, no, I am not watching. Not watching. Things. It's uh, yeah. Like, it's like know. nope. I did not watch it the first time. Uh, so no thanks. Nope. I I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm going to prove the title uh, wrong by continuing to not okay. watch la, it. La, la, I, la. I, and I feel fine. Yeah, I feel fine with that. I, I feel completely okay in that decision in uh, not watching yep. the, uh, what I assume is just like a 90-minute puff piece on uh, alleged, uh, yeah, alleged rapist Cristiano Ronaldo. <laughs> anyway. Um, uh, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure it's, I'm sure it's the greatest thing ever. But. Yeah, I'm sure it's very balanced. Yeah. Um, I'm sure yeah, it's very good. Very fair and balanced. Yeah. Um, let's have a yeah. look. West Ham have signed Spartak Moscow midfielder Alex Kral. So he's the sideshow yes, Bob looking the, motherfucker. Uh, the the Czech David Louise. It's like they like they like they're signing um yeah. Czech Republic people. 
West Ham. <laughs> well, I say a lot. Yeah, I mean they've, they've, <laughs> they've, yeah, they, I mean they've, the West Ham have posted a photo or a video uh, announcing it with the, yeah, the the two other Czech players in the team. He's doing the the hands across the chest thing. Um, so yeah, um, yeah, um, so uh, yeah, I mean. Any other transfer news will have already happened by the time you've listened to this, so you don't need us to update you. Uh, let's do some cultural appropriation then. So this is the uh, bit in the show where we talk about things away from football uh, that you, the listener, may also enjoy. Um, so, Lawrence, what uh, what recommendations have you got for us this week? Okay, this week, listeners... I have been mostly listening to um, a, a, a guy. I don't know if you've heard of him. He's called uh, Tommy Guerrero. He's a former skateboarder mm. turned uh, musician. And uh, he, he makes cool. albums that are very, mostly instrumental, based out a lot of, um, uh, yeah, just sort of very simple sort of bass uh, and drum pattern. And he's sort of playing sort of solo guitar bits over it uh, so yes yeah, very good uh, mm. Tommy Guerrero uh, his album is called Road to Nowhere and Nowhere is spelt K-N-O uh, Nowhere no oh, that's very clever and yeah it's it's a very rip roaring nice uh, instrumental and there's another album I've been listening to uh, from a uh, I've mentioned her before uh, Gavin uh, Turek I think how you pronounce her surname? Gavin Turek. Uh, she came out mm. with an album this year, and it's my personal album of the year so far. I haven't listened to a whole lot of albums, maybe one or two. Uh, but yeah, uh, but in my personal album of the year, I really enjoyed it. It's called uh, Madam Gold uh, by Gavin Turek. Cool name. Really, really good stuff. It's almost got this kind of like, and it's, you can tell it's sort of very influenced by like Prince and things like this, and maybe a Oh hell yeah! A lot of the very retro, very eighties or nineties kind of stuff going on, but yeah, I really, really, uh, really enjoyed it. Really enjoyed it. Madam Madam Gold by Gavin Turek. Check it out mm. on Spotify. And uh, Tom cool. Tommy Guerrero. Yeah, those are my um, recommendations. Speaking of uh, albums, uh, well, we can give a, a, a Donda update. Um, we mentioned it a few weeks ago. It is it is now out. Um, apparently, it was originally released. Uh, this past Sunday without Kanye West's approval um, because he made a big deal about wanting to have uh, Baby and Marilyn Manson on one of the tracks and Baby's management didn't give uh, authorization right away. So the album was released with like one of the tracks like kind of blanked out, like you couldn't listen to it. Um, that has since changed. You can now listen to the whole album. It's a long fucking album. It's like an hour and 48 minutes. Uh, so I haven't listened to the whole thing yet. Um, I know this is well, like the, I, the I first have. few songs. I Oh, okay. Well, I, I really like, I, I mean, I had heard from one of the, like the, the album events, I'd, I'd heard the track jail with Jay-Z on it and really liked that. So I, I was looking forward to to that, and then I've listened to a few other tracks, and it, it's I, you know it's still it's it's pretty good. But I haven't listened to the the whole thing. But I got to say, it is it is kind of a bummer that like Kanye has made such a big deal about wanting to have the baby and Marilyn Manson on the ones. I mean, you know, talk, you know, talking about Cristiano Ronaldo and alleged rapists. You know, it, it's it, the the fact that he's sort of trying to make this 
weird kind of cack handed point about cancel culture by having Marilyn Manson yeah. who like, you know, was outed as like a serial, you know, abuser of women, both emotionally and physically. But I mean, that's one of those things where it's like, I feel like that had been like an open secret since like the early nineties. I remember reading in Kerrang magazine in like the, the early two thousands about like how shittily he was treat he would treat his girlfriends and stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it, it's sort of, it's taken until like, you know, the last, within the last sort of year or so that, you know, enough women have finally come forward about how uh, horrible he is for people to kind of take notice. And then, you know, the baby is, you know, very, uh, very, made a very high profile fuck up where he sort of did his own take on that, uh, that Eddie Murphy routine about AIDS from like the late eighties. Um, yeah. He, uh, yeah, the baby's got some opinions about uh, about uh, gay people with HIV, uh, which are uh, just absurdly uh, bad and wrong. Um, but yeah, Kanye was like, "Oh, people are mad at these two. I've got a fucking yeah, I've got an album to promote." So, like he did a few years ago when he had an album coming out. I can't remember. It might have been Life of Pablo, or it might have been Yay, where he uh, just suddenly tweeted just out of nowhere that Bill Cosby was innocent. Um, he's just doing his shit again. He's doing the fucking Kanye thing, but it, it, it sort of, it casts kind of a shadow over the rest of the album. I feel like I can't quite enjoy it as much as I would have done. Um, knowing that he's made a big point of trying to include those two. I'm not quite sure how I want, I I enjoyed it for the most part, but I still feel it's not my, it's not my favorite by any means. It's, Mm. um, I feel like I get the point after a while because he just keeps kind of talking about Jesus and God, and I, I, I kind of get it. Yeah, I, I, you know, after a while, and it's just like I don't know. It almost feels like I don't know whether he's decided to just stop sampling people now, and he's just whether he doesn't yeah, want to pay royalties. Kind of, um, but I think maybe. it kind of. <laughs> That's what I kind of liked about Kanye there was his use of sampling and arrangement. And when it's just like, there isn't anything there. It just, it's just kind of very simple chords, one or two, three the, chords. It's just, it's not as interesting to me. I mean, but yeah, I, 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 still, I re- like, I still enjoyed it for the most part. It's not bad. But like Jesus. Like, yeah. Jesus was really good because it, you know, it is, it's, it's so stripped back. There's barely any samples on that. And it is very, you know, it's very harsh sounding. It's very minimal um, in a lot of places. And it was good. But by the same token, like not, not every, not every song on Jesus is good, but overall it is, it's a, it's a great album. Um, but yeah, if you take out like the, the, if you take out the samples from a, a Kanye album, it is kind of just like for a guy who, built his reputation as a producer on being so inventive with the way that he would use samples in terms of, you know, speeding them up, slowing them down, chopping out these sort of seemingly random parts of songs that you, very famous songs that you already knew and kind of using them in a way that you wouldn't recognize them unless you read the credits of, you know, unless you like read the liner notes and looked at the songwriting credits, you wouldn't realize that like, oh shit, that's from a Michael Jackson song. Jesus, it doesn't even sound, you know, stuff like that. It's, um, yeah, I mean, he... without, without Kanye, I probably wouldn't have known who Arthur Russell was as quickly. I kind mm. of that's the thing. Yeah, Kanye, same. I, yeah, before I started listening to Arthur like Russell a, properly, I, yeah, I only really knew him from. I think he's 
it, but, Arthur Russell was like name dropped in an LCD sound system song. So I think I knew him from that. And then, yeah, he sampled on 30 hours. The, the more time that passes, it does seem that like Kanye maybe could have retired after that album, like Life of Pablo. Like that was probably a good one. That was a good one to go out on. A lot of that album still really holds up. Yeah. Um, yeah, Life of Pablo is, I've, I've grown more to like Life of Pablo. And I like the one that he did before um the 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 the, the, the uh, is it just i can't remember what it's called the one after the one with all the mountains as the, as the album cover oh yay one called yay yeah i like that one that was all right i like that one and i like that that's and, yeah that i mean that's got some good there's a couple of good songs on that but i i, I prefer the in a hurry your mom will be worried i like that one yeah, uh, yeah. um the 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 collaborative album he did with Kid Cudi around the same time I think is is better the Kid See Ghost record. Um, but yeah, it's is, it's, I, it's I, a I mix, it's a mixed bag. I feel it's part of you know there's one or two songs I think that's yeah. it's a nice melody. It's, it's got it's, that one's good. One or two good. But other songs I'm like, yeah, I kind of skip this. I kind of get it. Anyway, yeah, but, um, yeah. I think that yeah, that's that sort of most most late period Kanye albums are kind of like it because even Life of Pablo is like on the whole it's like a great album, but there it is like there's probably three or four songs on that that you could just take off the album and no one yeah. would miss them. Um, still, you know, you could just trim it down to about ten or eleven songs and it'd be it, it would be fine. It's still um, I still miss the old Kanye. I will say I still miss the old Kanye. It was. I miss the old just, Kanye. Chop up the soul, Kanye. Yeah. Set all his goals, Kanye. I mean, so it is, I it, yeah, it's, sort of, also, it's, it's, it's weird how prescient that song gets with each passing year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, yeah, in fact, the Dark Twisted Fantasy is still my, 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 my yeah, that's, the, that's the best one for me. Um, oh, yeah. I mean, you look at the track listing of that album and it's like a, it's like a greatest hits almost like, you know, that's like the, that's got like the, the, in terms of just pure banger ratio, that album has got, that's got everything on it, man. Like, you know, it's, you got, you got power, you got all of the lights, you got Dark Twisted Fantasy, you got Runaway. It's, it's, it's all there. I just liked it that he sampled King Crimson. I was like, they're from Wimbledon. That's crazy. He's sampling a band from hey. like <laughs> he yeah, sampled it's, it's, a band from Wimbledon. But that is sort of like again, that's like a perfect example of like Kanye's Kanye's ear for samples is just sort of like yeah, he just takes that tiny little snippet out of twenty first century schizoid man to just punctuate the chorus of a song, and it's just sort of like it, it it's just yeah, it's just weird that he sort of like zeroed in on that tiny little moment in that song and used it as like the hook of one of his biggest hits. It's crazy. And it's, yeah, from this fucking prog rock band from Dorset, of all people. It's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, what else? But yeah, um, so I, so I to, to circle back to uh, cultural appropriation, um, I won't be recommending Donda because I, I, full disclosure, I haven't listened to the whole thing. Um, and like I said, just on like a morality level don't know if i could recommend it um just because it because even besides marilyn manson and the baby being on it fucking chris brown's on it as well and i know it's like oh, chris yeah. brown's a bit of a different one because he's kind of been grandfathered in um you know by because he was he was like a huge piece of shit like a couple years before people started caring about 
you know, whether famous men were huge pieces of shit or not. Um, so he still pops up on like a lot of like, even though he is an artist, uh, fucking sucks ass. And it's weird to see people online, like trying to claim that, like I've seen people online trying to claim that Chris Brown is like, he's like the closest thing to this generation's Michael Jackson. You know, he's, he's an all round entertainer. He can dance, he can sing, he can rap. And it's like, actually he can't, he, he, I mean, on a technical level, yeah, maybe he can do all of those things, but he can't do any of them well. Like, it, like he's not good at anything. Um, but his management decided, you know, about 10 years ago that they weren't going to let the whole him beating the shit out of Rihanna thing uh, stop them from making him famous. They just kept pushing him. They threw all their money and resources behind it. And uh, yeah, it was just sort of like, yeah, he... he he was he became kind of too big to fail in that way, where it's just sort of like that. Yeah, they kept pushing him and kept uh, you know kept making him collaborate with sort of other established artists, and you know it's worked. He's still he's still popping up on uh, you know on, on uh, better artists' records, and uh, yeah, this this Kanye album is is no different. He pops up on uh, on one of the songs there, so that's that's a bummer as well. Um, but yeah, like I said, not recommending Donda. Um, sorry, what were you going to say? This whole thing with Drake, how much of it is just kind of uh, trying to promote each other? How much of it is like a legit rivalry between Drake and Kanye West and Kanye fans versus Drake fans? Um, like, I mean, I kind of hope was, that it is legit because Drake sucks. Um, I feel <laughs> like, I mean, like I, as a as a as a as a casual listener to Drake's stuff, I feel like he has. 70 albums and maybe 10 good songs, you know, like that's, that's a very low hit rate, um, for someone that's as famous as he is. Um, so I, yeah, I, I, Drake fucking sucks. And it is, I think it is, it is real to a certain extent because like Pusha T, you know, did all that stuff about like, kind of like pulling the curtain back and revealing that he had an illegitimate son, you know, that he was, that he was keeping secret, you know, he had like a, he had a secret son that he'd uh, had with a, a Canadian porn star, um, which was which is funny because like like Drake like I think like <laughs> Pusha T's album because again this was like this was the the summer of Kanye a few years ago like Pusha T's album which was produced by Kanye came out uh, Daytona and there's I think there's a song at the end of that where like he makes a reference to Drake having a ghostwriter and then Drake put out a diss track kind of you know sort of shooting back at, at Pusha T and Kanye and saying that, you know, like he, Drake had been credited, you know, as a, a, like a writer on like other Kanye songs and stuff. And, you know, like nobody's, nobody's above using a ghostwriter or whatever. And then in response to that, Pusha T puts out this song where he just like, drops the fact that, you know, like, oh yeah, well, you've got a secret illegitimate son that nobody knows about, <laughs> motherfucker. Like it just sort of escalates so quickly from like, yeah, well, you use a ghostwriter. Well, maybe that's not such a bad thing. Yeah, well, you've got a bastard. Like it, it, he just pushes it to you, just fucking ether Drake. Um, so I, I think it is legit. I think it is real. I remember they used to try and make it Kanye versus Fifty Cent, and then briefly, maybe four or five years ago, they tried to make it seem like Kanye and Jay Z had fallen out and stuff. And I like- think that they did. I, I think that that was legit because uh, just because Kanye 
is clearly a very difficult man to get along with. And I think Jay-Z just didn't want any part of that. Um, yeah, apparently they, they like, they, one of them slapped the other, I think, while they were recording Watch the Throne. Um, and then obviously, like, Kanye sort of went on that weird, uh, during one of his shows on the Life of Pablo tour, he went on that weird rant about, like, uh, I know that Jay-Z and Beyonce, I know you've got shooters watching me. Like he was sort of trying to make out that they were, they were trying to have him killed or something. And then shortly after that, he was checked into a mental hospital. Um, so um, I just, yeah, I think Jay-Z kind of kept whole, Kanye like, at arm's length for a few years. The whole hanging out with Charlie Kirk and the turning point people and, Candace Owens. Yeah. Just, yeah. What, tweeting about what, Candace Owens and wearing the fucking red hat and stuff. Um, yeah. Again, I think Jay-Z, Jay-Z obviously being married to Beyonce was just sort of like from a, from a branding point of view more than anything else was just sort of like, yeah, I can't be seen in public. Like we literally like <laughs> me and my wife literally do fundraisers for the Democrats. Like we cannot be seen with this guy who, is wearing a Make America Great Again hat and talking about how Bill Cosby's innocent. Um, so, yeah, I think Jay-Z was just sort of like, yeah, keep, keep Ye at arm's length for a while until he calms down. And then it seemed like that moment had come because, like I said, on, on the track that Jay-Z is on, on Donda, he's rapping about, like, yeah, you know, I got him to stop the red hat nonsense. We're going home. Like, this could be the return of, the, you know, the return of Watch the Throne and stuff. Uh, it seems like a sort of a nice moment where they're kind of you know they've made up and got back together um just as kanye has got divorced and you know he's gonna you know he's he's that part of his life is ending so um he is dead and divorced yeah and then and I like i said sure kanye goes and fucking ruins it he is he is getting divorced kanye from is it, I, yeah I, yeah, I, yeah they've been, yeah, they've been uh separated for a while i wasn't sure because i was a bit confused about I mean, to be honest, this was why I was looking forward to this album because I was like, "Oh, a Kanye divorce album!" Now, this this could be the thing that kind of this could be the, you know this could be the thing that kind of helps him rebuild uh, all of the goodwill that he's wasted over the last few years. And it turns out that he, as I've been saying, he sort of spunked that whatever residual goodwill was left towards him. Um, him insisting yeah. that the baby and Marilyn Manson are on the new album kind of erase that I think for a lot of people like, when it could have been this could have been his moment to kind of come back to something resembling normal and sort of show that he show how human he is maybe again for the first time in a long time because there's that song on uh, on Life of Pablo um, with Ty Dolla Sign Real Friends which is really great it's, it's a really good song and it, it's sort of it's, it's the most relatable that Kanye's been for well over a decade because it's just a song about like how when you get older, it's difficult to stay in touch with your friends. You don't get to see people. And when you do see them, it's very fleetingly. Um, it, it, it's, and especially someone that's as successful as him, you know, he's, 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 there are so many demands on his time. And when he sees people, it's all about like, you know, he's, he's going to meet this person, that person, take pictures for this or that person's family and whatever. Um, he's got very little time to sort of hang out with people that he used to be very close with. And then just right at the end of the song, um, sort of during the outro, it just drops this ad lib where he just suddenly goes, I had a cousin that stole my laptop that I was fucking bitches on, paid that motherfucker $250,000 just to get it from him. Real friends. Huh? Like, and it's just like, 
it's like, man, you was you were so close. You were so close to like being like seeing like seeming like a human being again, and then you fucking just drop that bombshell on us. And it turns out it's true as well. It is like you can look it up. Like that that is it's a real thing. His cousin did steal his laptop and blackmailed him with it, and Kanye had to had to give him a quarter of a million dollars to get it back. Um. But yeah, it's just so funny that he just drops that right at the end of this song that's kind of quite quite, it's quite sweet and vulnerable. And then it's just sort of like, oh yeah, man, that's a prop. That's I hate it when that happens. I hate it when a cousin steals my laptop <laughs> that has videos of me fucking yeah. women on and then I have to pay him a quarter of a million dollars to get it back from him. It's just one of those things, you know, it's really annoying when it happens. Is that, there's a video supposedly of him and Kim Kardashian on a jet ski almost crashing into someone. Is that a real video or is that just uh, people making stuff up? I don't know. Maybe I mean, there's there's a video there's a video of them trying to avoid paparazzi and Kanye walks headfirst into a uh, into like a signpost, um, which is very funny. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He's um, he's one for the ages. That Kanye West. He's truly uh, a much much maligned. Uh, artist of our time as yeah as as with most great minds he's uh misunderstood in his time perhaps but uh yeah. man yeah he's uh yeah <laughs> um anyway yeah to get back to my cultural appropriation picks um <laughs> yes <laughs> we've we talked about kanye so much um I recommend. I, I've been on a. I've been on something of an Agatha Christie kick um, recently. Mm. Um, checking out a lot of the uh, kind of TV and film adaptations of, uh, of a lot of her work, um, and I'll recommend the, uh, the the 1974 version of Murder on the Orient Express um, with Albert Finney uh, playing the the part of uh, of, of Poirot. Um, it's. I mean, it, it's it's a weird one because I think at this point, pretty much everyone knows the whole thing with murder on the orient express i mean have you yes have you, yes you know it right it's as a know. as a poirot um, ma- man of my uh, yes very familiar uh, very familiar yeah with, uh, so it so it, it's it, it's weird but it, you know it's sort of knowing knowing what the kind of final twist is i won't say what it is in case anybody's listening to this that doesn't know what it is but i mean it is, it's fairly it's fairly well known at this point it's been around for for a long time i mean uh, most recently there's obviously that kenneth branner adaptation that came out a few years ago um which is uh, which is also you know uh, quite good and it's it's not as fun as the 70s um, one it's, it's, it's sort of it's, it's quite grim featuring my 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 girlfriend daisy ridley yes of course yes in, the uh, the future Ken- mrs yates um yes is uh, yes. yeah daisy ridley is in the uh, the kenneth brunar uh, version of uh, murder on the orient express uh, which came out a few years ago but yeah the, the 1974 adaptation um, directed by Sidney Lumet, who also did, you know, uh, Twelve Angry Men and Dog Day Afternoon and a bunch of other uh, great movies. Um, it's 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 just fantastic. It's so much fun um, and an absolutely all star cast. Um, I mean, you know, an all star cast to end all star cast. Basically, you know, you got your you got. I mean, besides Albert Finney as Poirot, you got your Sean Connery. Uh, you got your Ingrid Bergman, uh, Bergman rather. Um, you got yeah, friggin' everybody, everybody's in. You know, Lauren Bacall. Um, just that that sort of golden era of Hollywood. Um, it just has everybody in it. Um, so yeah, check out yeah, check out the the 1974 version of uh, Murder on the Orient Express. It's um, 
It's fantastic. And it, it, it's got, it, it's, I think Albert Finney was nominated for an Oscar, but he didn't win. And uh, when you watch it now, it's sort of, it's, it really is bullshit that he didn't win. Um, uh, looking back on it now, because um, there's a there's a there's like an eight minute long scene where he talks nonstop, where he sort of talks through his conclusion about like you know like who did it and why. Um, and it is yeah, he's he's just sort of yeah, he's talking the entire time pretty much, and it's uh, yeah, it's it's just brilliant, a great performance, great performances across the board by everybody in it. Directed really well by by Sidney Lumet, really gets the most out of uh, the 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 small space that it takes place in. You know the fact that it's so confined; it's the majority of it is just on the train. Um, so yeah, check out Murder on the Orient Express. And um, I feel like we talked so much about Kanye. I got to re- I, I should recommend something Kanye related. Um, uh, Oh uh, yeah, I'll rec- I, oh, I've probably recommended this before, but I, check it out. Uh, check out um, the Pusha T album I mentioned earlier, Daytona, um, which was uh, produced by by Kanye. Um, came out in twenty eighteen, I think. Um, it's only seven tracks long. It's very brief. It's kind of in and out, but it, it's it's so concise. It's so brilliantly produced. It does that thing that we talked about in terms of what Kanye kind of built his whole reputation on and what he's so good at in terms of what he's able to do with samples and what he's able to get out of them. Um, he's just got such a, such a mind for, for that, um, that it, yeah, hopefully he gets back to doing that style of, of, uh, producing soon, but yeah, check out Daytona by Pusha T. Um, if you've been affected by any of the issues discussed in this week's episode of junior funners, uh, write to us at juniorfunners at gmail.com. Or you can tweet at us. Uh, we're at Junior Funners on Twitter. Um, or you can uh, tweet at us individually. Um, if you've got something you want to say to Lawrence specifically, maybe about his, uh, you know, his recent viral success, you want to take him down a peg or two. Uh, which which is frankly, now, um, you know, he's had it too good for too long. Um, so, <laughs> which is now uh, worded its way onto Instagram. That some uh, Instagram account. I've been, I've been informed by a follower of mine that. Uh, uh, there's a there's an Instagram page that has got my tweet screenshotted. So oh, so you've really making, made it. There's one, yeah, yeah, one of those fucking content farm curator yeah. accounts. Is it fuck Jerry? Is it one of those types of no? It's one of those kind of bullshit epic accounts. beam Instagram accounts. There, oh. there, they screenshot yeah. stuff from Twitter, and uh, I'm there. Yay. Go me. So that's that's the sign that you're really famous. Is that yeah? You've had your tweet yep. stolen and it's just screenshotted for people to share around on Instagram and Facebook. Yep. Um, <clears throat> yeah, Lawrence is at IB Online. I'm at Crispy Willis. Um, yeah, bye.